Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. This week, I'm chatting to the lovely Sean Greenlord. Sean is a model, a motivational speaker, and a body confidence advocate. She got into a life-changing accident about 10 years ago, which we discussed in the episode where she became an amputee. And she is doing so much to champion body confidence raise awareness for those with disability and is just a lovely human being who I think you are going to love she has such a really a lovely outlook on life but before we get into that it is time for this week's train happy trooper of the week this week's train happy moment comes from Georgia Hi, um, my name's Georgia. I thought I'd share my train happy moment of the week. It sounds very dramatic, but it really, really isn't, I promise. So here it is for you. Um, So my other half actually wrote off my car this week and my train happy moment, and I promise they are related, was I wasn't sad about the fact that my car had been written off because, you know, everyone was happy and healthy and that's all that matters. Um, I was actually more upset about the fact that it meant that I couldn't go to my regular class that I go to. And about a year ago, I never would have had that relationship with missing a class. I would have been grateful that I could miss it because I always felt like I was punishing myself when I exercised. But for me, it was more of a, it's really showing how much having that movement and that group of people around me when I work out, how important they are. So um, yeah, here's to 2023 and not setting myself unrealistic goals and looking at the upsides of losing things um love the podcast keep doing what you're doing bye georgia i love that you have got such a different relationship with exercise that you're able to find a class that you feel really good about and i hopefully people you feel really good about and i hope that inspires other people that you can change your relationship with exercise and it can be a fun thing to do and we hope you get a new car soon. <laughs> if you would like to be featured as a Train Happy Trooper of the Week, please get in touch with us on WhatsApp. Our number is 075-999-27537. Send us in your Train Happy Moments by text or voice note like Georgia did. And you can send us your questions as well for future guests and future episodes. And we would just love to hear from you. And don't forget to find us on Instagram as well at Train Happy Podcast. Enough from me, though. Let's hear from the lovely Sean. Sean, thank you so much for coming today into the studio. And yeah, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to do this. I love doing podcasts. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really excited to chat to you because we haven't met before, but I've obviously done my research. And yeah, I just get such good vibes from you. Oh, and I'm just so really nice. excited to chat today. And when we get into it, like if we get into your story, like you've been through an awful lot. It's been a ride. <laughs> and yeah, and I, yeah, I feel like you just have such an infectious energy about you. And I think thank that's you. actually a really amazing thing considering you know everything I suppose we should start with that part of mm-hmm. your story yeah um because I feel like it's an important context for our conversation but yeah for those who don't know you mm-hmm. they may know that you were in an accident in New York in 2013 and that's correct right and it was quite a life-changing accident and I don't know if you want to share your experience at that time yeah of course yeah so I was 24 years old not long just turned And my best friend and I decided that was the year we were going to go to New York and live out our many conversations of wanting to go. I feel like we'd been speaking about it maybe five years, like, oh, it'd be amazing to go. So we were both in serious relationships and we knew they were just going to, you know, continue to get more serious. So we thought, we're going to do it. This is the year. So we went to New York on August the 19th, 2013. And we arrived quite late at night. So we decided we weren't gonna go out that night. 
just gonna wake up fresh the next day and have the full day. And that's exactly what we did, but there was an issue with our hotel, our hotel room. So I remember calling down and saying, you know, unfortunately the shower's not working, this isn't right. Is there any chance someone can fix it or can we move rooms? She said, no problem, we can move your rooms, but you have to come back at 12 o'clock. So we thought we'd walk around like the area. So we weren't going too far because we knew we had to be back by around 12. So that's exactly what we did. It was almost like killing time. Went around uh, like Rockefeller Center and everywhere and was taking photos, taking in the sights. I always remember a guy saying to us, do you want to get on one of the hop on, hop off buses? And because we were just kind of in like awe of everything, we just we just said no, we, you know, politely declined and just said, we want to just carry on walking. So that's what we did. We got a drink from like this street vendor right near Rockefeller Center. And I remember there was me and my friend and then maybe like a, a crowd of people, probably like 10 feet between us. And I don't know if anyone's been to New York or anything, but you know, the pavements out there are really wide, quite high up on the curb space. So I, w- I remember looking to my friend, I was closest to the road. But when I say that there was probably about another five feet from myself and the road. Yeah, not like a small little pavement like no, you get in London. No, and sometimes when I say that, people think I was like on the curb, but I, I, mm. I actually wasn't. So I remember looking at my friend saying, oh, this drink is so amazing. But her her attention wasn't really on me. It was kind of like in the road, she was listening to what I was saying, but she was kind of like, her attention was more to the left. I remember looking and then, it was almost like it happened, it, when I explain this, it sounds like it happened really, really slowly, but it, I'm talking the space of probably like six seconds this happened. So I look, I see a cyclist coming onto the pavement where we're walking, and then all of a sudden, a taxi driver just mounting the curb, hitting him straight away, and unfortunately he hit me as well. It's like a domino effect and I couldn't get out of the way. So, um, luckily my friend was able to run, but it, honestly, when I explain it, it's the last thing I remember seeing and I, I just couldn't move. Like my whole body was kind of like stuck. After that, you know, he he hit me, you know, the cyclist hurt his knee. I flipped over the car, landed face down in what I can only describe is like, if anyone's ever seen any of the images of what I'm describing, I landed where lots of like shrubbery would grow in a big, big tree face down. And I woke up about three minutes later to everyone just running and I could just hear my friend like completely screaming. And yeah, it was a complete circus, but my leg was completely severed off right then and there at the scene. And um, I was bleeding to death at the side of a road. God, it's it's so um, intense and it's like, from your story, it just sounds like there were so many sort of sliding door moments there. And I imagine that must be, I don't know, something that's kind of like, wow, this weird series of events that kind of happened. And yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. Because I imagine like, it's really hard to think about all that stuff and go with it. Because what a traumatic time for you. I mean, on so many levels, you know, on a physical level, on an emotional level, you know? Yeah, it was, It it's quite, when I sometimes explain it, it almost feels like it never happened to me. In the weirdest way, it's like I'm unlocking telling somebody else's story because, you know, it's it's been quite a while now. And I feel like, like you said, there's so many moments that I remember just before we got our drink, my friend said to me, shall we cross here? And I said, no, let's go down this way. Yeah. It was almost like I was taking myself to my own path mm-hmm. in a really, really weird way. But it's it's how I've managed to kind of get over a lot of hurdles yeah. is to just think of it like that was meant to happen for me. Mm. And even though it's unfortunate and, you know, I, I nearly died from it, I've learned so much. Yeah, I mean, so what in kind of, so that was 2013 13. and it's gonna be, it's 2023. Yes. We're kind of, um this episode's going out. Yes. So it's nearly 10 years since it's happened. Mm-hmm. And wow, like you have been on such a journey in the last 10 years. I mean, obviously through your recovery and, you know, adapting to life now. What has that journey been like over the last <laughs> 10 years? Like, I mean, there's so much I wanna to talk to you about to- today. And part of it is this, and then part of it is just like all the other cool stuff you've done <laughs> and are doing and the way you've kind of turned this pain into purpose. 
is the way I would describe That's it. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. It's like you said, it's, you know, they're like, I can't believe it's nearly been 10 years. Like it's actually, it's mind blowing. I felt like I've been on so many different journeys within that 10 years because I've obviously, I'm 10 years older. I've grown as a person. I've become a mom. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing was realizing that this was now my life. I think in the very beginning, when I came back from New York, I spent about six weeks there. So when I got, when I got back, it was a realization that my life isn't the same. Yeah. And I had to deal with that and learn from it very, very quickly. Cause I thought if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do this, I need to do it properly. So I got myself into counseling. I had to battle really, really severe anxiety, like really, really bad. Yeah. Like I, it, I couldn't even go out on my own. It was, oh, it was a terrible, terrible time, but I can now look back and really, really appreciate that I had to go through that grit and that hurt and the tears just to get to these 10 years really at the end of it yeah because now you're like doing so much stuff you're I think you bring so much awareness to this disability and to you know what like I said you've kind of grown from it and I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase post-traumatic growth I don't know if you've ever heard No, that. I actually haven't. <laughs> there's, I read a book about grief and I think there's a grief to being able-bodied. Yes. And, be, you know, just taking that for granted probably and everything. Because like pre this, you were dancing and doing like still yeah. walking, which I yes. think is the most <laughs> random, but like really cool. Then there's like this huge, this accident that happens and this huge like life must have just completely flipped on you yes and this idea of the post-traumatic stress of it which I think is so real and so valid and I I think understanding the circumstances are like I'm I understand why your your brain was almost trying to protect you with the anxiety yes you know like it's understandable isn't yeah it? completely and then there's this idea that like eventually with the growth like you can kind of grow through the pain of and build a bit of resilience and kind of use that like I say, for purpose. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, that's really, I mean, really cool. And like, I think, I think conversation oftentimes like in disability spaces is like, oh, wow, you're so inspiring. And I think some people find it a bit patronizing and a bit like, I'm also they just do. a human being. Yeah, like, I'm just living my, trying to live my life. And yeah. yeah, it's not necessarily you wanting to be somebody's inspiration, but I think it's kind of naturally happened like that for me. And I don't take offense to anybody that says that because I know they mean well, you know, they're not coming from a place of being malicious or anything like that. So when people do say that to me, I kind of be like, oh, okay, thanks. Like I, I kind of just take it with a pinch of salt. I know they don't mean anything bad by it, but yeah, it but is that way. Can I ask then, yes. if someone is saying that, mm -hmm. and even if you can say like, I know they don't mean well and everything from yes. your perspective, what are you, why Why is there maybe a slight eye roll? <laughs> I, I think it's because, you know, I wasn't born with a disability. Mm. So I think, especially to the people that are born with disabilities, they're just, li they are just living their life. They're just being. It's, they're just, exactly. Yeah. They are just trying to be in a world that isn't that accessible, isn't that understanding. And I think sometimes that's why it can be looked at as kind of a, like a, oh, again. Yeah. Can't you just see, yeah. see my disability, see, but also like, I'm a full human being. I'm a full human being. And mm. I think that's what the the issue is mm. between it. But I think I've said this before, um, when people say it to me, they say, you know, I, I get messages all the time saying, thank you for posting what you posted because you've made me get out of bed this morning. Thanks for being my inspiration. Mm. When someone says that to you, it's like, oh God, okay. I, I'm Thank you for telling me that because it means that what I'm doing is working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure like, were there people when you were in the early phases of your kind of recovery and, and learning about what it means to have this disability and mm -hmm. kind of what to do with it? Were there people you found like online or kind of looked up to who have have helped you yeah adjust yeah, and adjust. maybe like giving you tips and going like, I was interested in like you have obviously um, with the amputation, you have mm -hmm. different 
don't know if the word's attachments is the right word to use. Yes. The different limbs, the options you can use, like the blade for exercise and stuff. That's right. When this happens to you, when you're not born this way, I'm I'm sure there's like rehab and all those sorts of people that give you all the information, but were you, did you have people that you looked up to? I, I can honestly say nearly 10 years ago when this happened to me, there was nobody. There was one person, her name was Mama Cax. And unfortunately she passed away a few years ago. She was the only person I knew in fashion that had a prosthetic leg that was absolutely killing it. And it was only because somebody sent it, sent her profile to me and I was like, oh my God, I would have never known. There wasn't these hashtags, there wasn't this awareness, there was nothing. I used to speak to this one girl on Twitter and her name was Kelly Jackson, or is Kelly Jackson, we are still friends. <laughs> um, me and Kelly would speak over Twitter and it's because she had her accident in May of 2013. Mine was in August when all my stuff was on the news. Her friend had sent her my profile and was like, there's another, and basically there's another one of you. <laughs> Here, yeah. Here's another girl. Um, but the, the, there was no one. There wasn't, like I said, there wasn't campaigns. There wasn't awareness. There was nothing. And I think... When I seen, you know, a few profiles on Instagram where I would find or like I said, people would send them to me, I would just be like, oh my God, like it is possible for me to do kind of what I'm thinking because I was a fashion student. Yeah. So um, when I came back from New York, I went straight back to university, but I was, there was a day I had a panic attack in class because this woman came in and she was speaking about all these fashion careers and all this. And I sat there in my wheelchair and I thought, where do... Where, where do I slot in? Like, I have no idea what now this means for me. Like, where does my life go from here? Mm. I didn't know because <laughs> there was just nothing. I think it just goes to show, like, in some ways, within the last five years even, we've had such greater representation of all sorts of things, but especially disability, like, of course, we can do better. But I think we take it for granted at this point and you don't even think even 10 years ago how much less representation there was and how less you had to look up to. And I think you are being the person you needed to a degree. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I always have that, even when I'm on a shoot or I'm always thinking about that in the back of my mind. I'm like, yes, we're doing we're doing this for the people that are gonna be born with disabilities tomorrow. Mm. We're gonna be there you know, guide and, yeah. you know, the person that they need because it, it is so important. And I think sometimes people can be like, oh, you know, talking about representation here, representation, it matters so much in every area for everyone to be represented. It's it's just so important. It's so important. And so thank you for using your voice and using your platform and all the kind of probably attention that came thank you. with your story initially as well, because, it's it's hard to put yourself out there. Especially it is. When, you know, you've, like I said, you've you've had all that stuff, and yeah, I suppose it's part of the motivation as well. Like you're a mum yourself. Yes. And you've got a little girl. Yes. How old is she? She is four and a half. Four and a half. Full of sass. Full of moods. <laughs> Just like me. And she's like I suppose she's. I think anyone having a daughter especially in this world where, you know, we know diet culture is so prevalent. We know as women in general, we just feel the pressure on a greater level of, you know, wanting to fit in and, you know, be like everyone else. Like, I don't know, does a lot of the work you do around body confidence um, and your perspective on body confidence, like, is that influenced by your daughter and and maybe what she's looking up to as well? Of course, of course. I think... Um... She sees me doing, you know, lots. And I think she's now at an age where she she understands what I do. So if I'm on the TV, she'd be like, mom, there's you on the TV. And I'm like, yeah, she's like, look, at you can, I can see your prosthetic leg. She's really understanding. But I think it's, it's really, really prominent when I'm on a shoot or even, you know, sat here with lovely people like yourselves. It's the voice that I want her to know that she can have one, whatever yeah. she wants to represent. It yeah. doesn't have to be disability. She can represent whatever she wants, but I need her to know that it's possible. So it it is a you know a thing that I do have in the back of my mind because I'm like she's watching, but so are her friends, mm. and I want them to all grow up just being equals and 
knowing, like I said, whatever they want to do, they can go and do it. That's such a beautiful message. And I mean, she's obviously really lucky to have you as a mom. <laughs> Thank to you. like have that vision for her of like, oh, you know, you want her to kind of be who she wants to be and yeah. do what she wants to do. Even even Christmas, I've, I've been saying to her, you know, we've been donating some presents and things. And I, I've been really trying to say to her, you know, we have this Christmas tree, we've got this food, we've got heating in our home. We are very lucky. Mm. And she's like, mum, what What do you mean? I'm like, there's not kit, not every child has this. I'm trying to instill it in her that, you know, what we have, we, we live a nice life. Mm. And we need to be grateful for everything we have. Even, you know, when we're eating dinner, I'm like, right, what are you thankful for today? Mm. She's like, mm, it could be a teddy, but I want her to have that understanding. Yeah, and I think that's really lovely, you know, to think, that she's yeah got that sort of groundedness yes that's important to me and do you feel like with your background in dance and stuff like that I mean obviously this is prior to having your accent and everything but what was your history with dance so I've I've only got fond memories of dancing I used to absolutely love it me and my sister used to go to like a local group in our area um they were called Black Inspiration back in the day I just used to love it from the age of like seven we were dancing and we were always a part of the community and we used to do the Caribbean carnivals every single year and it was so amazing and then when I stopped kind of doing the carnivals. I used to make the costumes and- So this is where the stilts came in with the carnivals? So no, actually. Oh, really? No, my sister was dancing for an agency. I left school at 16. Um, I was at college working retail as well. Um, and she was like, right, somebody's dropped out. You've got, you've <laughs> got, you. yeah, you've got 24 hours, learn these stilts. <gasps> I was like, me being me. All right then, come on. Let's let's just give it a go. And that's how I kind of became a stilt walker. <laughs> that's so, so cool. So yeah, and then we used to do gigs all around the UK, different parties, different corporate events. Um, yeah, uh, Christmas parties, everything, all on stilts. It was so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love that that's just like being like a a, a chapter of your yeah, life. Yeah, like, it was so fun. And there was a time I was on stilts. Yeah. And I was like seven <laughs> foot tall. <laughs> um, that's really fun. And with the dance world, mm. I suppose, and having that aspect, did you ever feel the pressure there, even, you know, with around your body and stuff with all of that stuff? Do you know what? I, I'm going to be completely honest. I never did. And I, I don't know. I actually, I thought about this not long ago and it's because I was speaking to somebody else about the same mm. topic. I don't know, looking back at like my childhood and um, my family members, I'm half Caribbean. So we come in all different shapes, sizes, mm. colors. It's, I was very much brought up in a, I seen a lot of diversity. Yeah, yeah. And I, and even the area that I grew up in, we were very multicultural, like Leicester's one of the most multicultural places yeah. in the UK. I don't know if that's the reason why I kind of never felt the pressure to, I don't, I, I don't even know what the right word to say is. But I, to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I've always been, the, the same way as I am now since I was younger. I've never had a lot of friends that were heavily influenced by diets. I I don't know if it's just the surroundings I've been brought up in that mm. I've never really thought about diet culture. Even, you know, I, I'm 1989 baby. I grew up in the heavily, like in the nineties. I just never saw bodies as how I'm supposed to be. Mm. I think, do you know what? There's gonna be a lot of people hearing that being like, that's really refreshing to hear. Um, I, I, I no. hope that's the right thing to say. Don't, I don't. <laughs> I look. I really don't think we should be apologising for not feeling that pressure because, yeah. my God, I think all of us would love to have not felt that pressure at one time or the other. And I think, you know, for various reasons, people feel things to a, a lesser or greater yeah. extent for whatever reason it is. And I think, you know, for you to be like, actually, that's not something that I've had to be really cognizant of no. at that age is actually really lovely to hear and I'm you know I I, I don't know if I, am I lucky in that sense I don't I don't know because I, I know you know a few of my friends you know they do have um you know they're always on like different diets and things and I I, I get the pressures I'm completely mm. fully aware mm. I'm not ignorant to the to the topic at all because I just think to put yourself in a position where you think that 
seeing one body in a magazine one day and that's how you're supposed to be. I'm like, my brain, I'm like, I don't get that. I'm like, yeah. we're, we're all here. We have one life. We have one body. Please love it just yeah. as you are. Yeah. And I suppose, have you, has, have you become maybe more philosophical about that since you had your accident and have kind of learned to live with this disability? I suppose that's, has that had a big change in your perspective on things? Because like you say, yeah. like before maybe you were like, I know I'm kind good of, and yeah. now it's like wait a second people do treat people differently in society they do you know and I'm sure that's part of the kind of work you do in terms of your modeling and things like that you're probably part of campaigns with a lot of people who yes. are like we're not usually represented and that's you know therefore that has set us on a path of xyz yeah you know? absolutely has, so has that given you like that new perspective and how, or has that even been have you felt new pressures or not even pressures but I don't know has there been like have you kind of noticed that sort of ableism and the all of that stuff as well like just be more aware of it yeah I'm I'm so aware of it and I think it's one of them things especially the disability side because you know I grew up I, I didn't know anybody with a disability I so it wasn't in my circle it wasn't yeah. in your knowledge of knowing how to live a life when you're on the other side the ableism the ignorance that it's unbelievable so when you're on like I said when you then have to deal with it on a daily basis because you know um I didn't always have a prosthetic leg you're in a wheelchair you're on crutches you see the world completely different yeah. so it's the exact same for every other you know um area yeah like area yeah. that needs representing and you know bringing awareness to because it's it's a it's painful it can be very painful and even when I became an amputee, my confidence was zero, you know? And like I said, I went from a person being very secure with myself. I was very happy. Um, I didn't really have, you know, I'd, I I loved myself and not in, mm. not in a, a superficial way. I just, I just liked myself. And to go from being that kind of person to being a person with no confidence to now thinking, okay, well, when am I going to walk again? When am I going to do this? When am I going to... My whole life was questioned. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. So then to build it and build it and build it, I think that's why now I'm so comfortable be with being like, no, 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 whatever you want to do, just go do it, please. Because you are so, you are so capable of doing so much, mm. so much. Mm. And is that is that like a big part of it in the sense? One thing I like to really focus on my body image I think like like you say I think a lot of people think it's a very um skin deep conversation and how it's so centered around what we look like and as we know like for you that can change in six seconds right that can completely change and I think when we center our self-worth on what we look like on so many levels. When things do change that are completely out of our control, things can get really, you know, that's a, a shaky ground, a shaky foundation. And yet it sounds like you've really worked on just really valuing you as a person, like who you are. Yes. Have really built up that value and your esteem through that. And, you know, what your body now has in some ways like enabled you to do with, having this platform and having this opportunity to, like I say, to be their representation, but also to kind of still do all the cool stuff you wanna do. That's it, I think not limiting yourself. I don't know if I can do everything, but I try everything. Mm. I just go for it. And I think that's, you know, <laughs> not long ago I did, a, um, I've just not long done a commercial and I had to do a zip line. And they were like, are you gonna be okay? I'm like, I don't know, let's go, let's try it. I don't know if I'm gonna be all right up there, but who knows what, let's not question it. Let's get up there and do it. Mm. That's just kind of the attitude that I have. I've always kind of been like this, but more so because you just don't know what's around the corner. We're not promised tomorrow. Mm. And I think that is such a, it's such a phrase that people say so loosely, but it's probably yeah. the most true. <laughs> And I think you really need to think, you know, don't, I don't live life every day like it's gonna be my last. No, I don't. You know, there's days I just wanna sit on the sofa and eat a biscuit and watch TV. And some days, if that was my last day on earth, I wouldn't be mad about How it. How lovely would that be? <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about it. 
you know <laughs> I, I don't think when we put things into perspective it's like you know like i said we've got one life just go and try everything go and do everything you want to do the only person that will ever stop you is yourself you just need to try things and like i said i didn't know that this was going to be i was going to be a model with a prosthetic leg I didn't know that, you know, when that Sean was in hospital thinking, okay, can I go back to university or, or, or not? That I didn't, I thought that was my option. Yeah. I didn't know that this was going to be my life, but it is. And, you know, when I walk by an Anselmer's window and I'm in there proudly stand, standing by other models, that's pretty great. It's pretty cool, <laughs> isn't it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mum's the Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts, and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. I think it's so important especially this time of year to just really encourage people to just you know you go for it like I know the world can be cruel to people that don't always fit the mold Mm -hmm. and that can make it harder to go and do things but also like you deserve and you are allowed to just take up the space and do the things and give it a try absolutely absolutely and like you said we do live in a we live in a very very cruel world but do you think if i listen to trolls on instagram and twitter and tiktok i'd be doing the things that i do no i don't care what clive said to me saying that i need to you know cover my leg because it's not nice to look at or i don't care yeah people really say all that stuff people say the worst things you'd be surprised but do you know what you delete and you move on it it yeah those wow. don't affect i i'm not affected by people's Mm. opinions and I think that's another reason why I've kind of been so strong throughout a lot of the things people trolled me when I was in New York you'd be when someone can troll you at your very very lowest what what why would you ever listen to them when you're at your highest I'm just like trying to get around this idea of like that people have an opinion on someone who's been in an accident yeah where you're like there's nothing to do with it that's your fault yeah you and that's what I mean you would be so surprised. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's not it's not just people, you know, online fat shaming somebody or, you know, so it's these are uh, these are people that I don't feel bad for them. A lot mm. of people do say this about trolls and they say, Oh, we should feel bad for I don't feel bad for them. Do you think I could feel bad for somebody that is picking on someone when they're at their lowest? No. I don't feel bad for them at all I don't care what they're going through I went through the worst thing do you think I sat there on my phone trolling people no mm. I didn't mm. so I don't feel bad for trolls <laughs> I think you have a very fair perspective on that I really do I, I would say, do I feel sorry for trolls no do no. I get there do I get that I I think that there are a lot of people who are unhappy with in their lives and with themselves and they kind of want to bring everyone else to down to their oh level. yeah of course. I think there's that yeah of, of course it. I think I like I like to understand it but I don't think it's an excuse 
I don't think we, there's ever a reason. Like you say, no. you can be in your darkest times and you cannot be trolling people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's been so much conversation on like a, a wider level. I'm thinking of like the Meghan Markle conversation. Oh yeah. Around all of this of like, <laughs> people will find reason to to bring you down for just breathing, like for just existing. Yes. If they want to kind of set, you know, set their targets on you. And it's just bizarre to me. And I'm sorry you have to deal with trolls because God, I I just, I don't get it. Because like you say, you can be in that place and you cannot have that inclination. And I, I think we're gonna, I think it's gonna be really interesting this time of like with the internet and, you know, this last 10 years in some ways, cause you know, that was really like early days of Twitter and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I just think we'll all look back and I think we're gonna have some interesting studies <laughs> yeah. and like, you know what I mean? Education really on this were. time of like, what on earth was happening to humanity? <laughs> what was going on? What was going on? What was going through people's but minds? No, I, always, I, I just always feel really passionate about that because I just think, like I said, I've been in a place where all I had was the internet to look at because I was isolated in my own home. I couldn't drive, I couldn't walk. That wasn't the first thing I wanted to do was mm. project any hate. Mm. I was looking for an outlet and love. So I've been in that position. So nobody could ever tell me, oh, it's because, you know, that, yeah, they are probably unhappy. Go go and find a hobby. Mm. Get off your phone. Mm. I've, I'm just very tough in that way because I just, I, I can't tolerate it at all. Zero tolerance. I think, you know, I think that's completely fair. I think that's completely <laughs> fair. So I want to talk about fitness stuff because yes. it's something that I understand that like you're really interested in. And yeah. You, you know, you get involved in all sorts of stuff, whether it's doing like charity races and things like that. So I wanted to talk about kind of how that was learning to do fitness with having to make the adaptations you have to make. And I'm just curious what, yeah. what they are and yeah, what kind of stuff you're interested in. So the fitness... I don't I'm trying to think when it all came kind of came about. So for those that don't know, prosthetic legs, you need different legs to be able to do different things. Mm. Your everyday walking leg can't stand uh, like a, a lot of pressure to be able to be run on and things like that. So you do have to have different adaptations. So I do have a running blade. Now I got my running blade, I think it's probably coming up about two years, I want to say. And it just gave me a whole new outlook and possibility and a different level of my life. I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest. Before that, so prosthetic legs are very, very expensive. Very expensive. And and you have to get them privately. Like that's the only real, the, the yeah. only option. NHS do not fund your blades. Okay. Because they are deemed as a necessity. Like an extra. Like an extra not yeah. an added okay. value to make you whole. Mm. So um, they're not available on the NHS. I think if you're born with an amputation, you're allowed one up until you're about 18. But after that, you've got to fund them yourself. So I found a company called Levitate who are in Denmark and they give you, basically you can buy blades from them at a fraction of the cost. All you do is adjust it all yourself. And it's amazing. We're not really taught here in the UK to adjust our own legs. It's very frowned upon. Me being me, I just tried it myself. I'm like, it's my leg. I'll give it a go. <laughs> I'll give it a go. There you go. Um, and that's exactly what I did. And it completely changed my life. Wow. And it just, like I said, it gave me a, a brand new outlook. And my friend has a boxing boutique in Leicester called Box. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go to Box. And it's probably one of my favorite exercises. They're box at four to five minutes, boxing classes. And I absolutely love them. And then, um, you know, started doing like bits of jogging and uh, it it just, like I said, it just gave me a different access to my life that I didn't know that I could get. Cause we're talking to, to go and get like a private blade done. You're talking about 10 to 15,000 pounds. Wow. And they, you do have to have changes to them quite often. Yeah. So doing it my way, I, it just, it, like I said, it just changed me. And it, it, I just, I just love it. I just love it having that, option and i suppose that means so prior to that yeah if you wanted to go jogging or you wanted to go to a class or you wanted to do whatever it was you 
is it you just couldn't really do it because of the not, way that it's set up no not comfortably like I could probably push for the class but I would still have to miss out on doing certain things within the class because I, I couldn't um do it because of my leg but now you can basically do I can do everything. that yeah which is amazing and I think god obviously we're talking so much on um train happy podcast about how great movement is for our mental health so and important. how wonderful it is for just so on a such a holistic level and I think for you to not have access to that on a you know to the full extent that you should have access yeah. to that it's really rubbish and I'm I'm so glad you've kind of been able to open that door for yourself yes because I think it sounds like it's been a real you've had to do it for yourself but yeah like does it feel like wow this whole other door's open and I can just do all these things yeah it does because it just means that even with my daughter if she wants to go and do like anything that's active I can I can do it now because mom can join in yeah and she can do it so yeah which must be really nice I saw that you had done a a charity race for a foundation that's specifically centered around running blades is it themselves yes that's right so it's the Richard Whitehead foundation mm. so we did like a family fun run and I you know my daughter got to do it my husband got to be involved um and that was so much fun because not you don't get to, you know, it's not like I can go to Sainsbury's and you see another amputee and you'll yeah. be like, oh, hey. <laughs> but, but, but when you go to these place, places and you network and you see people you've been following on Instagram for years and you're like, oh my God, it's so nice to finally meet you because you're coming together to do something amazing. And it must feel, that must be really important for you to just be like, oh, you get all the little things, you know, all the little <sighs> things that just those extra obstacles you have to deal yeah. with and they people that get it like that is so important and I think social media gets such a bad reputation but it sounds like it's really connected you and given you a lifeline in the sense of connecting you with these people who get it yeah absolutely like if I didn't have like I'd say my main platform for connections is Instagram but didn't have that I, I wouldn't know anyone yeah and it'd be just like before yeah you're kind of just on your own yeah um but we've really built like a really great community and I feel like if something goes wrong everyone has each other's backs and it's it's like it's just like we're a big pack <laughs> <laughs> no, and no matter what your disability it doesn't you, I'm not saying um it's just for people with prosthetic legs it's it's every disability yeah which yeah. is beautiful because we all just come together yeah and you know there's a real camaraderie yeah and I think that's so like so lovely and at this this sort of this day and age of I think of people kind of feeling a lot more isolated for various reasons because you know we don't have the same level of community that maybe we once had or like our parents had yeah even. of but course to have that opportunity to connect with those people and I think maybe historically people who yeah um disabled people who have been in communities where they felt like it's just me in you know they're finding other people of going like look I yeah, see myself we, and others we can talk about this we that's can, it we can bond over I don't know exercise. yeah <laughs> it is it's true it's like um different experiences or you know oh who's your doctor or let, yeah. let's yeah it's it's important them conversations are important but it is nice just to be together and be like oh what 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 are you watching on Netflix like it, yeah and then have normal conversations because <laughs> like, it's not the only thing you talk about because it's like we were saying it's not your only personality trait <laughs> do you know what I mean and <laughs> um, it's, it's not um so yeah so I suppose I wanted to ask in terms of the fitness thing as well is obviously you've had to adapt with the different leg that you're using with the blade but are there any other adaptations that able-bodied people like myself mm -hmm. should be considering that maybe we can make things more accessible and we can you know um bear things in mind I remember we had Sophie Butler on oh yeah. a couple of years ago she's an, in a wheelchair and I remember her just saying stuff at the gym like just don't leave your stuff about and put stuff more at, like the middle height like on cable machines and stuff because then I can access it and it's one of those things where you're like of course yeah it's... but I just didn't realize because I was ignorant in my ableness yeah you know? of, co of course and it sometimes it's it takes somebody to be like, oh, this. And then you're like, of course. Yeah. What, what, why yeah. wouldn't I have I th thought of that? But no, I think I, I think definitely accessibility within buildings. I think that's so important. Making sure lifts are always working. And th it's just things like that for, for myself anyway. I can only speak on behalf of my own disability, but I think, yeah, just making sure places are clear and... I think that's pretty much it for me. 
accessibility wise anyway it is literally just buildings yeah yeah getting in and out steps. in and out instead <laughs> yeah it is it's things like that and you know i think sometimes like you said it's it's not obvious mm. it, it's not an obvious thing but when it's just pointed out but this building's perfect <laughs> yes yes we're in a lovely accessible yes building. you are yeah i think i've seen a guy on tiktok do it about like he would do about the ramps and at buildings because often yeah. they put on like really steep ramps. Yeah. And if you're in a wheelchair, you're either going to go hurtling down a ramp, which isn't safe, <laughs> no. or you've got to like seriously get yourself up there. Yeah. Which is really hard work. Yeah. Because so, like either way, this isn't working. This isn't and working. People think they're like, you know, quote, ticking the box, but they're actually not making the considerations they no, need. No, no, no. Yeah. So it's important. It's important that we have, yeah. um, have that awareness. And what I was interested in is, looking at how you also used movement to strengthen your body to support your leg yes so I was looking at you doing like squats and you're saying so I just because obviously I, I use this leg more and I just found that really interesting can you just share maybe a bit yeah, more about how course. you have to use movement to support your body to kind of keep you strong yeah of course so um I'm a left leg below the knee amputee so naturally I just shift my weight more like my hip hurts more on this side my knee hurts more because I just naturally do it so there is different things that we can do in the gym to try and strengthen our um like thigh muscles and our knee but when you have an amputation you'll be so surprised how quick your muscle is gone Mm. muscle wastage happened so fast I think mine was like a week and a half really um it was literally my thigh was like this like it was so so tiny big because you're just not using that muscle and because I didn't have the weight there anymore to kind of like strengthen mm. it your muscle just wastes away so it's really important because then obviously when you build that muscle then your weight will then start to support yourself more on either side mm. and that's exactly what I try and do most of the time <laughs> yeah I like I just wanted to yeah, talk about that. Because yeah. I think, like I said, so many people think, yeah, work do. out for the aesthetics of it all. And it's like, well, this is actually really benefiting your quality of life. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like if, because prosthetic legs, they're not, you know, they're not really that heavy, but or mine are not anyway. Um, But they're not light either. Yeah. So you do have to have, you know, you do have to strength. strength. Yeah, there. to try and walk on one. <laughs> and I imagine with your hips and things, it's like to keep your body strong yeah so it can support yourself now because you know in 20 30 years time you don't want to have like oh my hips no exactly my, my right hips exhausted yeah you know? <laughs> and then back and yeah, every yeah, everything yeah. kind of like goes all together but um yeah so that's that's why it's really important for me to to keep fit <laughs> and i love that, that i wanted to i just think it's always important to just remind people yeah that there's of course. so many reasons to move your body yeah and for you it's like just so uncomfortable you yes, know i know <laughs> so sean i could chat to you all day i feel like you've been so open with us and so generous with sharing your story and letting me just ask loads of kind of random <laughs> questions um but i think like I said, I think people are going to listen to you and just feel, I hope they like take it away of like, I am going to try that thing. I hope you know? so. I really hope that that's the takeaway. And thank you so much. This has been so lovely. Well, I've got one more question. Okay. I ask every guest <laughs> okay. before we finish, um, what has been your most recent train happy moment? So this can be a moment of listening to your body, of, um, I don't know, having a win against diet culture or doing a type of movement that you really enjoy. Oh, okay. But I thought I was really proud of myself for doing it. So I was in Italy in October and there was lots of cobbles and I was walking in my heel leg and I thought there's no way I'm going to get over these cobbles. And I thought I'm going to have to really balance myself here and get over these. Mm. And I did it. And I know that might not no, I need to. Like I need to ask was, were you wearing your Louis Vuitton leg? Yes, I it, was. That is iconic. <laughs> Yes, I was. And I think I've still got the video of me walking on these cobbles in my phone because I was like, yes, I can walk on cobbles but in heels. You know, that's the thing where, like I said, that's another consideration where you're like, well, to be fair, walking on cobbles is hard at the yes. best of times. And then walking on cobbles with, you know, um, with your prosthetic leg is another challenge because you're yes. like, I don't know. I and don't know. I will add, it wasn't just walking on like, my with my everyday, it's got a lot of control my Louis Vuitton leg is so stiff, it has no movement because oh. it's all for show. 
Okay. It's not comfortable at oh. all. It looks good. Though. It looks good and I'll grin and bear it. So walking across them cobbles, I was like, yes. Can you explain to everyone listening, just a side note, what is the Louis Vuitton leg? Okay, so as I did mention, I am a fashion girl. I wanted to mix my love of fashion with my need for prosthetics. So I asked my prosthetist one day, I said, have you ever made a designer leg? And he said, no, obviously not, but I gather it's you. So what are you going to ask me? (laughs) And I said, I have just bought a a vintage Louis Vuitton holdall bag and I need you to chop it up. And he was like, are you serious? I said, I want this leg covered in Louis Vuitton prosthetic and I'm going to buy the matching boots and it's going to be a whole moment. (laughs) And it was a whole moment. And it was a whole moment. And I literally look at that leg and I'm like, that was a really, really proud thing I did because it was all for me. Yeah. It was all for myself. And I just wanted, like I said, to mix them two things together and... Yeah, so that's what I did. So that's the Louis Vuitton leg. So fashion student you was very proud. I was screaming inside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. We're going to have to like insert, yes. cl- insert a picture. Show yes, everyone. show you. Oh, Sean, this has been lovely. Honestly, Thank I, you I so think much. I love meeting you. I love following you. Where can everyone find you, support you and just get more of this energy? Oh, thank you. So I am on Instagram, Lord underscore. And I am also on TikTok, Lord on there as well too. Oh, this has been so, so great. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful rest of your 2023. Thank you and you. But that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please do let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as Train Happy Trooper of the Week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp. It is 07599927537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review. It really helps the show and it really helps spread the train a happy message. And that is it for this week. I'll be back with a brand new episode for you next Monday. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.